the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. What the heck is going on? It's 58 degrees. I'm sitting here with a vest and a winter hat on. Cass got a sweatshirt and a turtleneck on. You'd think it was like 12. All of a sudden, we're dipping below 60 degrees, and we're full-blown, oh no, the winter chill has arrived. What's going on, Kath? I put on a thermal underneath <laughs> my turtleneck. <laughs> I mean, we're wimpy. We are wimpy. All right, but here's the good news. Huh? Your weekend has begun. Oh, yes. It's five minutes past the four o'clock hour, at least in this corner of the world on a Friday afternoon. I mean, all is right and well. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, talk happy here. All right. Okay. Okay, right. good. Listen, uh. Give us now the top four at four. All right, John. Uh, We were just talking about the social dilemma yesterday. Yes, the film. Uh, The Senate Commerce Committee voted unanimously to authorize subpoenas for Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, and Google CEO Sundar Pichai. Each person will testify before the committee on issues relating to privacy, media domination, and alleged bias against conservative viewpoints. I like it very much. Uh And you you know that the documentary had something to do with it. Of course. Very nice. Good job. Okay. Number two, after avoiding in-person canvassing for months due to the pandemic, the Biden campaign has changed its strategy and will begin sending hundreds of door-knocking volunteers to New Hampshire, Michigan, Nevada, and you guessed it, Pennsylvania this Mm. weekend. All right, they're going to knock on your door. That's right. right. Number three, a judge approved an $800 million settlement for victims of the Las Vegas mass shooting, which Mm. was three years ago last night deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history, 58 killed, nearly 700 wounded in that attack. And number four, of course, what we're all talking about today, President Trump announced that both he and First Lady Melania tested positive for COVID-19 late last night. Quote, we will begin our quarantine and recovery process immediately, he said. We will get through this together. And that's the top four at four. Well, I mean, to wake up this morning and to hear that news, uh, I was shocked. I think most of the world was shocked to hear that news. And, of course, our prayers are with the president and the first lady. Uh, hopefully, it's a mild case, and the president uh, is in isolation for a short period of time. What do you think? Ten days, they're saying. And uh, then he continues on because, of course, it's a very critical time. Yeah. Yeah. I- Again, I'm speechless. It's just another one of those things. It's like after Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death, you think, can these all be happening at the same time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
COVID, COVID just, uh, just ruins everything, is what you said, right? Exactly. I'm having yeah. T-shirts made. Okay, so I saw in the paper, as I'm reading today about uh, President Trump, that uh, Father John Jenkins, who is the president of Notre Dame University, was at the White House on Saturday, and he himself has contracted COVID. Yeah. And so it seems as though maybe that might be the spreading source. Mm. Uh, as Amy Comey Barrett was introduced and nominated for the Supreme Court, there were dignitaries who were invited to the White House from all over the country. And um, I think what Chris Christie has not, I mean, any number of people within the administration who were there have not yet tested positive, but that doesn't mean that they won't eventually be tested or, or come up as positive. I think it takes two to 14 days for it to reach full bloom. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully the event is a minor event and the president, uh, you know, will just be the the biggest casualty Mm -hmm. with no ill effects. Yeah. So our very best to the president, the first lady, um, everyone in the administration who's affected by COVID-19 and everyone in our listening audience who is as well. It's a sobering day. Yes, it is. Uh, Let's take a break. We're going to talk in just a few minutes about what is transhumanism. Transhumanism. Right. Artificial intelligence, chips in our heads, half man, half robot, all that. Um, Yeah, it's the Blade Runner edition. 101.5 WORD. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best new music. New New music. Graves into Gardens. New music from Elevation Worship. Love Like Thunder by Richland. Your love is like the thunder. Never Have I Ever by Hillsong Young and Free. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers and Dennis Spira and Associates. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. So there's this guy named Jordan, and he's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six, and he works as a guide in Alaska. But then he goes to the doctor, and he's diagnosed with cancer, stage Four And here's the thing. He had switched from medical insurance to MediShare, which is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, is this really going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is, is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just... I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. If you want to find out more, here's a number for you. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. 
Hello, this is Jack Graham, pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church in Dallas and voice of PowerPoint Radio. Let me encourage you to be prepared to vote in this upcoming election. Before the Lord, it is our right and our responsibility to take part in the democratic process. The stakes are far too high to sit back and let others choose the course for our nation's future. Register, plan ahead, and please vote. A few weeks back, I had um, a shoulder replacement surgery, and um, my GP, when I went to see him before the surgery, said to me, oh, John, just imagine that the surgeons will be performing basically a little carpentry work on your body. There'll be some saws involved, a little Mm -hmm. hammering going on, and and that essentially is what happened. Now, I'm six weeks past that, that sawing and that hammering, and quite honestly, I'm happy to say I'm recovering. But I think about that and how people, how medical doctors are going inside the human body and altering the body from its original structure. Now, of course, I'm grateful because my body's worn down and it's been, you know, re-energized in many ways. But what will we look like as human beings when science starts to implant chips, computers, all sorts of artificial intelligence within the body and mind itself, which will create in many ways a new classification of human beings. Well, we're happy to welcome back to the airwaves once again, Dr. Richard Mao. Dr. Mao is professor of faith and public life at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California, where he has served as president for 20 years. He's written numerous books, including Adventures in Evangelical Civility, Uncommon Decency, Calvin in the Las Vegas airport, and the smell of sawdust. Dr. Mao, welcome back to the show. Hey, good to be with you. Right, uh, I- just a minute, I've got a chip in my brain, and it's giving me some information. But I, yeah. <laughs> Listen, Richard, I could use a few chips about you. <laughs> yes, yes. As time goes on, chips would be a necessary thing. And so it, it, all, the, all the kidding aside, uh, Richard, right, you would think that we would welcome this introduction because as we age, there are foibles in our structure, whether it's yeah. memory loss or physical loss. I mean, so what's not to like about transhumanism? Well, I mean, transhumanism is, uh, you know, even, even though I'm... I, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in favor of what science has to teach us, but this is really, in many ways, the dark side of evolutionary theory. It, you know, we're getting more, and the the, the the evolutionary process is going to lead us to new levels. And it's not just physical stuff, and it's not just more knowledge, but it's a new level of consciousness. Yeah, and let me let me just say quickly that. In the biblical view, uh, we're created in the very image of God, you know, and that means we're under God, but we're above the animals. I mean, that's just there. You don't, you, you don't call it hierarchical, whatever you want, but we're under God and we're above the animals. And our sinful tendency is to want to go in one direction or the other. Either we're going to go down and be like the animals and Romans 1, you know, God gives them over to basically animal passions and like, uh, and there's a lot of that in our culture. Or we want to go up, you know, we, we want to sort of be our own gods. We want to enter into a new level of consciousness. And uh, what that should tell us as Christians is 
we're not content just to be where we are, and that is children of God, following God's guidance for our lives, and and being imagers of God without being gods or godlike. You know? Right. So you're talking about something that's kind of like plastic surgery for the exterior of the body. Yeah. Well, explain what you mean by that. Well, I'm just thinking that, you know, there is plastic surgery for, you know, all sorts of things. You know, you don't like your nose. You don't like, you know, your skin. You wish your eyes were different. You wish whatever. So you can go to a surgeon and they can, you know, fix you up. You know, change your ankles, change your wrists, change whatever you want, right? (laughs) So this is kind of the interior version of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. And and it's, 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 and you know we'd we'd like to know more. We'd like to have new enhanced sensitivities to things, uh, and all of that is good. But there's this danger in this new technology when it comes to our identity as human beings, what we aspire to as human beings, that uh, that that can easily go wrong. And transhumanism, in many ways gives a, I believe, an unbiblical promise that we can transcend the humanness yeah. uh, that we were created to, 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 to be, to, to manifest in our lives. Right. So this conversation reminds me of the film um, Eternal, <laughs> Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind, <laughs> right, where people go, you know, they're in a painful relationship, the relationship is over, they're deeply depressed, they're in mourning, and then they go and have the memory of the relationship erased from their mind. Yeah. And, and essentially, that creates a different person, because all of our experiences, of course, good, bad, and otherwise, form us who we are as thinking, feeling, loving human beings. So, this is a deal with the devil, Richard, and uh, I, I don't when you think about this, and of course you're talking in different circles of people than Kathy and I are, uh, what are people saying? I mean, Pandora is here. The box has been essentially opened. Will this come mainstream, you know, within the next decade or two, do you think? Oh, I, I, I fear so, you know. And you know what one of the forces here? I was teaching a course on the theology of human nature, you know, understanding who we are in the eyes of God and the like. And I decided for the first time last year to add a section on transhumanism. And in my class of 30 students, almost all of the examples, and they were really into this, but almost all the examples they used were things they saw on Netflix. (laughs) And, and you know, you get a guy who is working for the government, and they want him to do certain kinds of things, but they plant a chip that enhances his physical and mental capacities and a key part of the plot is that his wife after a while doesn't know him anymore you know wow. mm-hmm. and and that's the real danger uh that we we have this promise and and it goes right back to the garden the serpent said you know, don't worry about god you shall be as god right and yes. uh whether it's uh, superheroes whether it's the the old bionic man, you know, mm-hmm. bionic woman, wanting to enhance our capacities beyond the our understanding, biblical understanding of human nature is a dangerous thing. 
Yes. Yeah. It's so attractive, though, isn't it? I mean, it's something. It's not something that, that that would be easy to say no to if it were readily available. Because, you know, I would love to be able to have a greater capacity. I have this friend, Richard, who. It, you know, I've known him since I was probably, I think I met him when I was, yeah, when I was 18. And so we've known each other a long time and he and I are both avid readers. And so we, we've swapped a ton of books over the years. I can't even think of how many. He remembers, it seems to me, everything he reads. So he and I'll read the same book. And then I, if I don't take copious notes on it, then he and I have a useless right. conversation two years later because he remembers everything and I remember nothing. I mean, I have to work so much harder to get to where he is naturally that if somebody said, hey, you know what? I could put something in your, in your brain where you would remember what you read. I'm telling you, I w- that would be hard really? for me to say no to. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, we also might not like you very much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, I you mean, might no, not like me a lot now, Richard. Yeah, so. I like you. <laughs> you, know, you know, seriously. So, uh, if if you're constantly telling people, "Don't you remember this? Don't you remember this?" You know, mm-hmm, right. and you can quote word for word things. An important part of building relationships is negotiating <laughs> our mm-hmm. memories. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. And when one person is just so vastly improved in the capacity for remembering things, uh, you know, word for word, line by line. That could be a pretty dangerous thing in human relationships. And, you know, what John was saying before, that uh, you can maybe get something that they they built into you that makes you forget something in your past. I mean, you know, Kathy, you've had, you know, real grief in in your own life uh, not too long ago. Uh, would you really want that just to go away so you can't no. even remember no. that? Yeah. No, I mean, God wants us to wrestle with that, to mm-hmm. incorporate exactly. that in our understanding of who we are as mortal human beings uh, with loves and you know, all the rest. And mm-hmm. from, from Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California, we're speaking with Dr. Richard Mile. So, Dr. Mile, picking up your, your thread of Netflix movies, Kath and I watched this past week a documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And, and in it, they interview all these men and women who are the, the brainiacs behind Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest and all that. Google. Yeah, well, these are people who put, you know, who put the machinery together. And basically they say in this movie, well, you know what? Um, had we known the unintended consequences of what we were building, we may have thought better about it. So we may think we're doing one grand thing for humanity, yeah. but we might be creating Frankenstein. That's right. And I, I think, you know, the, the, the literature of the past, the things like Frankenstein, were really warning us about a fundamental spiritual reality. And that is the, the, the capacity that we have to create things that uh, go beyond our capacity to handle, to manage. And uh, this is why it's so important for us to think about this in terms of who God is and who we are, you know? Right. Because it's not just wanting an expanded consciousness, it's it's wanting to live in trusting God, you know? Yes. And realizing that we, we, we have limitations that God has uh, established for us. Uh, yeah, why? But, and, you know, we, we all, I mean, I just did a Google search about something, you know, just before I started talking to you guys, because I'm yeah. trying to write something and I'm thinking about it. That's wonderful. Uh, but there are dangers there as well. 
Dr. Richard Mao's with us, Fuller Theological Seminary. Um, Richard, we were talking yesterday on the show also about my propensity to, though I might forget what I did yesterday, I can remember every Barry Manilow song, every <laughs> lyric beginning to end. And if, again, if there was an offering that I could swipe that and just make some room for other I would things. say yes to that, yeah. That'd be... <laughs> It's wonderful. not leaving. They're not leaving, no matter what I do. I could have advanced dementia, and I'd still be singing Looks Like We Made It. I mean, it's yeah, just right. a real... Okay, but, yeah. you know, but what, what if, what if, you know, we were living 50 years down the road, and the three of us got together and said, you know what, um, what is it that you would love to be able to have the talent to do? And Richard, you said, you know, I'd love to play like, you know, the greatest concert pianist in the history of the world. And, you know, all of us chose some wonderful thing. Well, then that, that sort of changes the landscape of, of genius, or it changes the landscape of arts and science. Yeah. It, it may, you know, sort of make things better in some ways because, you know, it fast tracks thought and action and discovery. At the same time, if everybody's a genius, what does that do to society? Yeah, that's right. And this is why I think to the, the, the biblical view that God gives each of us different gifts, and that it's a good thing. If 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 I really get uh, really need to hear those songs, I know where I can go to Kathy. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean awesome. there might be a line in one of them that I just yes. would be great be to thinking, use in a sermon, and I can call thinking, you up, Kathy, right. and, and ask yeah. you about it. But it, it, to to just want that capacity for myself, I mean, I got too many other things. You know, to, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, and, it should be, it should why be a friendships, comfort. Friendships are often discerning the gifts of, of, of other people in our lives. Yeah. Mm. yeah, because there are things that we, we want and we need from those friendships that we lack. So that's why we're attracted to those people who have those and make yes. our world better and yeah. bigger because yeah, of it. No, I, I, that, that's a really good point. I think that's a really good point. You know, plus, if you are thinking one night, what is the second verse to I Write the Songs? I'm available. Well, there's always Google, too. I mean, also, Richard's on the West Coast, so it'll be 4 o'clock in the morning here. For, him, for him, I would wake up. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Richard, before you leave us, talk to us about uh, how things are in Pasadena. Now, I mean, uh, every month we've been talking about, you know, COVID. Hear the news that the president uh, is infected today. Oh, uh, how are things in your corner of the world? And, you know, are you out in public at all? No. You know, we still just at 3 o'clock, which is about an hour from now, uh, California time, we'll go to the local supermarket and pull up to the curb and get uh, curbside service. You know, we won't go in. And I haven't been into a a store. I had to pick up one prescription at a drugstore in the last couple of weeks, but we just don't do it. And, you know, right now with the fires uh, and a lot of uh, kind of bad air, Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's multiple things that are that are hitting us right now. Oh, right. Cold. So, yeah. what do you think then, psychologically, uh, spiritually? Is has it worn on you? Oh yeah, yeah. I I mean, I I'm basically, I'm you know, I'm my wife and I are doing fine, but it, it we we just haven't seen people. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I uh, I had two meetings on Zoom today. And, you know, that was fine, but it would have been so much nicer. One of them, a person was on there who I haven't seen for a couple of years. And I would have loved to have 
talk to her, you know, and if we were at a meeting, I could, we could step aside and just chat a bit. Yeah. And uh, now you can't do that. And it, it's rough. And I think, you know, as you and I, the three of us have talked about uh, in the past, it's raising real challenges for the life of the church. What does it mean not to be able to sing together, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to have trombone solos? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's nice that Kathy can help us remember <laughs> at least to hum some of these songs and know what the what the mm. words are. But, you know. That's right. I always try to play Barry Manilow or utilize him in worship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the Copa, Copa Cabana. Uh, that's the worst one. Richard, it's great. It's great to talk to you, my friend. Uh, this is wonderful. It's great. Love you guys, and uh, talk to you again in about a month. Yeah, Sounds we look good. forward to it. God bless you. Fuller yeah, Theological here. Seminary, Dr. Richard Mile. Transhumanism and Barry Manilow. I don't <laughs> know if many shows are talking about that. We'll be back in a few minutes with this week's edition of This or That. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. From the producers of God's Not Dead. This is not time for a spiritual awakening. I need to be the man that God made me to be. A movie so relevant for our times. One nation under God. Who do you think you are? Just expressing my freedom of speech. Not around here, buddy. One nation under God. Winner of 35 film festivals. We can cut God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. But God will always be here. Starring Kevin Sorbo. Antonio Sabato Jr. and football great Herschel Walker. Imagine what we could do united for one nation. Let's make America great again. One nation under God. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase and use promo code Taylor for 20% off. SalemNow.com promo code Taylor. In the 2016 race for president, Donald Trump was not the first choice for many Christian voters. His personal history made it unimaginable that he would defend Christian values as president, or so we thought. In his new book, For God and Country, The Christian Case for Trump, Dr. Ralph Reed shows that President Trump has kept his promises and been the most effective presidential defender of religious liberty and the pro-life cause since Reagan. It's required reading in 2020. For God and Country, the new book by Ralph Reed, available wherever books are sold. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 
Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low 36. Tomorrow, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a high 58. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 42. Sunday, mainly cloudy with a couple of showers, mainly later in the day with a high of 59. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. It's time for the October 2nd, 2020 edition of This or That. Weekly, Kath and I put 10 options in front of each other. This option or that option, we choose one. It really doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. It's just kind of a fun sort of foray into choice. Maybe a little psychological peek into who we are at this moment. <laughs> yes. Kath, mm-hmm. this edition of This or That, would you yes. like to go first? No, um, I would like for you to go first, John. All righty, Okay. Here are my selections. Mm-hmm. Kath, skydiving or bungee jumping? Oh, see, none of the above. Mm. Is that an option? Is that the No, game? it's this okay. or that. Uh, skydiving or bungee jumping? Uh-huh. What a horrible, horrible choice. Bungee, I pick, I guess. Bungee. Oh. Maybe I'm attached to a bridge or something. Okay. I don't know. Very nice. Two baby daughters. Two adult daughters. Mm, two adult daughters. Oh, really? Big time, uh, easy. Okay, big time. Mammogram, <laughs> colonoscopy, <laughs> this or that? Ah, wow, I've never had a colonoscopy. Oh, what's in your future? Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, okay, good. I, would ha- I think I'd have to vote for colonoscopy, though, with what I know about the mammogram. Okay, well, <laughs> just you wait. You may change okay. your tune. All right. Oysters, mussels. Mussels. Oh, Okay. All right. Um, swim in a pool. Swim in the ocean. Okay. I'd rather swim in the pool. Mm, okay. A digital wristwatch. An oh. analog oh, wristwatch. Oh, analog all the way. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. What's worse? Laundry or the dishes? Dishes. There seems to be way more of them. Mm-hmm. Ups in the cupboard, right side up, upside down. Oh, oh, right side up. Interesting question, though. Just okay. Because they're stackable that way. More yep. mm-hmm. Gorgeous new outfit, gorgeous new phone. Oh, okay. I'm going phone. All right, that's my edition. That tells me that this tells you that, or that. That. that uh, Technology's taken me over. Okay, uh-huh, John, are you ready? Number yes, one. I am. Thank you. Speaking of the social network or the social dilemma? Oh, the social network by far. MLB playoffs or NBA playoffs? MLB playoffs. A winter's cap, John, or your silly red booties? I need both, quite honestly. No, I'm sorry, one or the that's other. Not, that's not the game. Ooh, do I want warm feet or a warm head? Mm hmm. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, Kat, the booties. <laughs> the booties. They always win. <laughs> the booties. Give me those. Give me them. 
John, I ask you, scary spice or pumpkin spice? Mm, oh, listen, as much as I dislike the pumpkin spice, I'm going far away from the scary spice to grab the pumpkin spice. Uh, going to a college football game or yep. going to a college basketball game? Oh, uh, boy, I you like both You can't do either those. one right now, so forget uh, about it. I wish I could. I wish I could. I like them both. Uh, I think just for the sheer scale, college football. Okay. Uh, Audrey Hepburn or Julie Andrews? Uh, Julie Andrews. Giving up your phone for a week, John, or giving up your dishwasher for a week? Jeez, oh boy, oh boy. Our dishwasher broke yesterday. Mm-hmm, that's there were a few I'm hours asking. of mild panic. That's what I'm asking. Uh, I think I could give up my phone. Oh, really? Yeah, I love that dishwasher. Okay. Giving up your dishwasher for a week, John, or giving up Gus, your dog, for a week? I'm never giving Gussie up. Okay. He's right there. He's All four right. feet away from me sleeping. All hey, right. Gussie! Gussie! Okay, giving up Gus, your dog, for a week, mm. or giving up chips and dip for a oh, week? <laughs> Wait a second. I love my chips and dip. <laughs> I love them. I got the COVID chip and dip pounding to show do. for it. I know. But I love my Gussie. Gussie! Okay. All right, and uh, the last this or that for today, John, I ask you, Tri-Governor of the Tri-State Area, Heinz Doofenshmirtz, or Governor Tom Wolf? Oh, please. Heinz Doofenshmirtz, hands down. Yes, from Phineas and Ferb. Fabulous. Excellent. Okay, that's the uh, October 2nd edition of This or That. I don't know. Just a bunch of options. It's kind of fun. At least we think it is. We'll be back in a few minutes. We're going to talk about, whoa, something sad, loneliness. That's next. Stick around. One hundred one point five W O R D. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. Hey, pastors. How are you reaching your community? Here's John MacArthur from Grace to You. I don't need to recreate the truth. I don't need to innovate anything. I need to follow the example of those who have gone before and have been profoundly blessed by God. Pastor, don't miss encouragement like that from John MacArthur. Join us for a series of virtual pastor appreciation events. You'll also hear from Alan Jackson of World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, speaking about the pandemic. Christ in you enables you to be more than a conqueror. We're going to face challenges and difficulties. We're going to come through this season. We'll do better than that. We will flourish. The Virtual Pastors Appreciation Event. Five different 90-minute sessions free each Thursday in October with 10 speakers and musical guests. Be encouraged, equipped, and edified. Presented by Trinity Jewelers. Sponsored in part by RPTS and Geneva College. Register now at wordfm.com. My name is Bernadette, and I am a parishioner at St. Joseph's on the Brandywine. Joe Biden has been part of our parish for more than 40 years. Our sons became friends when they were in first grade, and ever since, I've known Joe and the entire Biden family. Even now, when Joe's back home, we see him at Mass on Sunday. You can tell how important Joe's faith is to him. It's what motivates everything. Joe's beliefs, his values, 
the kind of president Joe would be. Joe Biden knows what it means to be your brother's keeper, to care for those around you and lift up those who are suffering. Their values Joe learned from his mom and dad and from the nuns who taught Joe his Catholic faith. That's Joe Biden, a man guided by faith. I'm Joe Biden, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Biden for president. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Because of the pandemic, uh, you know, increasingly, we are more and more alone. I mean, here we are in, in my house with a bubble. You know, sometimes there's three of us, sometimes there's four. And we don't live that far away from a senior citizen, from a managed care facility, I should say. And I walk by there with my dog and I often think, how's everybody inside? Or, or are mm-hmm. they just kind of doing the same, same thing we are and making it work for them? But what about loneliness? There's got to be millions of people right now who are sequestered in their homes. They don't see anybody or talk to anybody. I imagine this is a scourge of the modern world just precipitated deeper by the pandemic. Well, Jack Eason is with us to talk about that. Jack's been the executive director of Crossover Cups Ministries for 30 years. He also consults with a variety of nonprofit ministries, helping them develop successful approaches to fundraising and development. But he's got a brand new work. It is called The Loneliness Solution, Finding Meaningful meaningful Connections in a Disconnected World. Jack, welcome to the show. Hey, good to see uh, John and Kathy. Good to be here. Yeah, Thanks so, for having me on. Yeah, we're always happy to have you, Jack. And isn't it weird? I mean, when you wrote this book, could you ever have imagined you'd be sending a book out to a country that is spending more time alone than ever before? No, it's, it's crazy. I had a friend the other day. Uh, he said, man, you're a genius. You're putting this thing out right in the midst of the pandemic. I'm like, dude, trust me, I am nowhere near that smart. They actually turned the manuscript in uh, right after Thanksgiving last year. Wow. And so I had no idea. Um, you know, I, I knew that loneliness was an issue. Uh, because I, I get to do a lot of things with uh, high school and college students. And so I'd, I'd done my research there. And um, you guys probably are aware, too, that the, the loneliest generation on the planet are those between 18 and 24. And yet they, uh, you know, they're the most connected. They, we've got our all devices and we're connected, but uh, but they're still lonely, which is a very interesting thing, I think. Yeah. Okay. So then what is that like? So there is a big difference between those who are just generally, you know, introverts, right? Who are content to be by themselves more often than not. And that vast swath of people who really would like to connect, but whether it's a technological reason or a psychological reason or a social reason, they can't connect. Yeah, there is a difference because uh, I like, and you guys probably do too, you're with people a lot. I I like to be alone occasionally. My wife is introvert. She likes to be alone, Um, but that's different than being lonely. And uh, you you can be lonely in a group of people. Uh, You know, when I was doing research for this book, the the initial premise that I wanted to write about was uh, we're stronger together. We're better together, the, the power of community. And ultimately, that's kind of the outcome of the book. But when I started researching, uh, the publisher pushed me a little bit and they said, um, are we actually together? In order to be better together and stronger together, we have to be together. And of course, you look at our world right now with COVID and politics and we're, we, we are not together 
Um, but then you add in the pandemic and loneliness is a, is a big issue. And in this, one of the coffee shops I go to, uh, I was sitting in there writing some of this and seeing some of the people in there. And, you know, there's three or four uh, people sitting at a table, uh, John and Kathy, but, but they're not even talking to each other. <laughs> they're they're, they're still, they're still, yeah, they're on their, t- on their device or they're in their little cubicle that they've kind of surrounded themselves with. They're, uh, they're, uh, they're lonely. And I don't know how we measure loneliness. It is, it is a feeling. It's sometimes an overwhelming feeling for people, especially a lot of elderly people right now with the, with the pandemic going on. It's, it's a, an overwhelming feeling. We, we have ways to measure like uh, weight. We have scales and we have, uh, you know, devices to measure your BMI and stuff like that. But how do you measure loneliness? Nobody's come up with a way to do that yet. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting because some people, you know, if there was a spectrum, some people can fall on one end or the other, and there's no way to determine uh, other than just them saying, hey, I, I feel helpless and, and I feel all alone. We're talking to Jack Eason. His brand new book is called The Loneliness Solution, Finding Meaningful Connection in a Disconnected World. Um, okay, Jack. So yesterday we talked about The Social Dilemma, uh, the new Netflix documentary. And there's this scene. Have you seen it? Not yet. I'm okay. going to watch it tonight, actually. Right. Oh, funny. Okay. Well, there's this scene in there where it's a, it's a family, a mom and a dad and three kids. And the mom says, let's put our phones away for a week. And so they're all like, really, really, really? Finally, they decide they're going to do it. So they put their phone in one of these, like, you know, a plastic safe type of thing where, you know, it's not going to, yeah, like a (laughs) lockbox. You can't open it for a week. And then they all sit down at the table and then it's silent (laughs) because they're so out of practice. Yeah. Knowing what to say that they don't have anything to say. Right. Isn't that that scary? Yeah. We, we have lost the ability. I mean, it, it doesn't, you just watch, uh, you know, watch what happened Tuesday night. We've lost, we've lost the ability to communicate and have a conversation. We don't even know how to do it anymore. Uh, because, uh, because of technology. And and I think I was telling another friend the other day, they were, we were talking about social media too. And, and I said, look, you know, I've got 3,000, whatever it is, uh, um, Facebook friends. Yeah. And I can add and subtract my friends at will with a click of a mouse button. But how many of those friends would actually come over to my house at 2 a.m. if I had an emergency? Maybe five, maybe six. And so sometimes social media is this kind of false shrine uh, of connectivity that we have put in our lives uh, that really is not, uh, it's really not, real relationship and friendship, unfortunately. Yeah. You bring up a really good point, Jack. My wife and I were talking about this a few years ago. It was like Thanksgiving evening. And for whatever reason, the battery in her car had died and it was stuck in the middle of our driveway. And so I was down there with, you know, a, you know, a, a ratchet set trying to get this battery out of this old <laughs> Volvo. She was sitting there holding a flashlight. And I was thinking the same thing. Who can I call that would be helpful at this moment? And right, it's a very short list of those who you really, you know, would go to the wall for. That's right. And so I wonder about this. You know, you, you came in to talk about a younger generation and how super disconnected they are. And of course, the older you get in some ways, the true group of your friends, you know, it may shrink a little bit or, and it may become stable. When you're in your 20s, at least, you know, in our generation, you had a wide range of friends. But as you get older, you can only rely on just a few true members of those people in your tribe. And I I fear for those these younger kids because, you know, uh, we all know our Facebook friends, Hmm. as much as we call them friends, are not really friends. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, and I I think a part of it is I really hurt for that generation. Um, 
because, and, and all of us have had this happen. I mean, when I talk to some of those who are 22, 23 years old, you know, they, oh man, you know, I'll mention the power of community, whether it's a faith community or whether it's just friend, friendship yeah. community, you know, a club at, at school or a sports club or something. And, and I'll mention that and they go, ah, oh, you know, been there, done that. I tried that. And I'll say, really? You, you know, uh, it, you, you've got to push through. You've got to keep trying. And, and one of my friends, I told him the other day, I said, man, I, have you ever gone to a restaurant where you've got bad service or bad food? And he's like, well, yeah, of course. And I said, well, did you give up eating? And he's like, well, no, I didn't give up eating. I'm like, well, it's the same thing with community. You have to keep pushing through and you're going to, because we're people and we're flawed. I mean, all of us have been hurt by friends. We've been hurt by loved ones. We may have been hurt by family members. Hey, let's face it. We've probably been hurt by a church or the church. And what you have to do is you have to keep pushing through, pushing through. It's called investment. It's called investment of time. And uh, I remember when my wife and I, we moved about uh, 10 years ago from just one city to another, about 35 miles. And for the first time in our married life, we had to find a church. Hmm. And I mean, John and Kathy, we visited all these churches and I'm hypercritical anyway. And so my wife, you know, I'd leave and go, eh, no, no, no. And finally, my wife, finally, after visiting 20 churches, wow. I just, I, I made the comment about, man, it's just, when are we going to find community? And she looked at me as we're driving out of the parking lot of this church. And she goes, when you actually plant yourself somewhere, you might actually get community. And I was like, okay. Thanks for that smack upside the head, because she's right. You know, you have to make an investment in people and uh, and it's vulnerable and and, and it's, uh, you know, you put yourself out there and I know it's risky, uh, but that's what you have to do if you really want to develop true friendships and relationships. It doesn't happen overnight. That's good. Jack Eason's with us. The brand new book is called The Loneliness Solution, Finding Meaningful Connection in a Disconnected World. Okay, so, you know, I think we're smart enough to know that maybe using less of the phone and, you know, more of interpersonal stuff um, is helpful. But in this, you know, COVID era, I'm pretty darn glad I have my phone. I mean, yeah. my husband and I were talking to um, my niece on Zoom last night and we got off. We talked to her for about an hour. We got off and my husband said, I can't believe I'm saying how much I enjoyed talking to somebody on Zoom huh. <laughs> because we were so glad it was a possibility. We're so glad we had it because the, for multiple reasons, we can't actually be there. So yeah. I don't well, know. It's a weird time, right? No, you're you're right. Technology right now, especially for those that can't get out, is is a great thing. And um and it, even for our older folks, my mom and dad are falling into that category. And you know, you want to be safe and protect them. And and, and surprisingly, I think because of what's happening with uh, the pandemic, it has pushed that generation, our older folks, to figure out technology. Uh, I'm thinking of even our, our faith community at our church. We're, we're a multi-generational church, and there's probably 50% or over 55, 60 years of age. And uh, I, I was kind of worried. I was telling some of our other pastors, I said, man, I'm worried because what's going to happen with them? And the next thing I know, I mean, back in the spring in March, April, all these seniors are talking about, oh, I Zoomed the other day, and I did this, and I did that. And so they pushed through. I mean, the point I made earlier, even they pushed through. And I, I asked the question, why do the people who push through push through? Because they understand they're made for community. I mean, ultimately, all of us, God created us for community. I, I saw this quote. I'll just throw this out real quick. Uh, the, the other day, and it's a part of the book, a guy named Drew Hunter said this, not me. I wish I'd have thought of it. But he said the first, the first problem with our world was not, was not sin. And I, I'm reading this guy's stuff in an article online. I'm thinking, okay, we're getting ready to get into something heretical. Because if the first problem with mankind was not sin, and he said the first problem with mankind was solitude. 
God said in Genesis, the Bible says in Genesis that it was not good for man to be alone. So God created woman companion and community. And I thought, wow, I've never thought about it that way, that God's God's heart is for us to have community and relationship and friendship. Maybe he even knows we won't make it without community. I mean, even Jesus had the 12 and then the three close ones, right? So it just reminds me how important friendships are, uh, regardless of our differences. Uh, we've got to push through because all of us have something in common if we'll just kind of muddle through and, and make an investment in the life of somebody else. That's good. And so, Jack, I mean, e- even as the three of us are talking right now, my heart really is thinking about those people who, you know, are older, isolated, alone. You know, they don't have community anymore. I mean, I remember, you know, before my mom passed away, she's like, most of my friends have died, you know? Um, and so your options are fewer as you get older. And I wonder just, you know, that mindfulness as believers in Christ who understand the value of community, then what can we do? What do we do to, uh, you know, engage those who are, you know, you walk through the neighborhood and you think, who's sitting behind that closed door right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've you got to be mindful of them. And I think that's the first point, John. You're, you're right. And that's the second largest group of people that are lonely, according to research. Maybe they've been married 30, 40, 50 years. They lost their partner, their spouse, their husband, their wife, and they're, they're alone. We had a lady in our, our neighborhood recently, a storm came through. And a bunch of trees went down in her yard. And thankfully, somebody in our community through Zoom and through a Facebook neighborhood group posted, hey, the, the, late, the trees are down in this lady's yard. What are we going to do? And the next thing we knew, just because we were mindful, there's this group of strangers. I didn't know all my neighbors That's of cool. 20 people with chainsaws in her front yard cutting up the trees for her. And <laughs> nice. she comes out, stands on her front porch at a distance, and she waves. And I thought, here's a powerful way to connect with this lady who's elderly, help her at the same time. And here we are building community, and we didn't even realize it. It's pretty awesome. That is awesome. Jack Eason, his new work is called The Loneliness Solution, Finding Meaningful Connection in a Disconnected World. Jack, I'm sure we're all books are sold. You're on Amazon and Plus, right? Absolutely right. Of course, you can hit me at the website too, jackeason.org. Very nice. Easy way to do it. Always good to see you, Jack. Thanks for being with us. Congratulations on the work. Thank you, guys. Great to see you. Hopefully next time it'll be in person and not through technology. Yes. Loneliness Solution, jackeason.org. Hi, this is Robert Jeffress, pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas and Bible teacher on Pathway to Victory. Let me encourage you to be in prayer about the upcoming election. Then make sure you prepare. Educate yourself on the agendas of the two parties and make sure you're registered. Finally, make your plan to vote, whether at the voting booth, by absentee, or vote by mail. Your voice is your vote. Your voice needs to be heard on November 3rd. As you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, for you, for anybody who's got a busy schedule and wants a good night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft, breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You'll receive two for one low price plus free shipping. 
Call now at 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code WORD or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code WORD. 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. When you turn to Rocket Mortgage, we can help guide you to those right decisions now when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows, so now is a great time to call 8338-ROCKET. And if you need some extra money, a cash-out refinance could give you that financial boost you're looking for. Call today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. Drusky Entertainment proudly presents Skillet in Concert, October 3rd. 7.30 p.m. at the Starlight Drive-In, Butler, PA, with special guest Colton Dixon. Drive-in tickets available now at druskyent.com. Gates open at 5.30, rain or shine. Skillet, October 3rd at the Starlight Drive-In, Butler, PA. Visit Drusky Entertainment for details at druskyent.com. My younger years, I uh, would work at a bartender at uh, Christie's at the auction house. And you'd stand there, you know, out of the main. Um, sounds like a nice gig, John. It was a good gig. It was very interesting. You'd stand outside, you know, the the, the main uh, auction area, and you had a bar set up. It was a full bar. It was me and another guy, and you know, you'd hear all these crazy stories. And then whenever you know that they would shut the bar down and go into the auction, I'd stand at the back of the room and, and watch the proceedings. And literally, you know, within thirty, forty minutes or so millions of dollars would change hands because people saw something that they had that they must have something that was beautiful or unusual. And I I mean, I, you know, you saw things that were just otherworldly. So on a regular basis, Christie's has auctions. And even in the midst of COVID Christie's is auctioning off a Cezanne, a Picasso and a T-Rex starting next week. A T-Rex. Get out of this. T-Rex, the large theropod, or theropod, roamed what is now known as the American West 67 million years ago. 188 bones represent one of the most complete T-Rex skeletons ever found. This was found in South Dakota in the Hell Creek Formation in 1987. It's a nickname, Stan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, the asking price, the reserve is $8 million. Oh, my gosh. $8 million um, at Christie's. Now, where are you going to put that if you win it? I mean, unless you have a museum, where are you putting that? Well, I guess if you have that kind of money, you can create a room for that. The T-Rex skeleton is gigantic, you know, top to head to tail. It's enormous. I don't know. You know, someone would want that. Someone, you know, there's billionaires around the world who look, Kath, oh, I mean, gosh. you know, that tens of thousands of square feet in, in their houses. So, look, I, right? I believe everybody should be able to do with their money what they want to do. I mean, that's it's your personal responsibility. You're, you know, you have to talk to God about that. But seriously, when you hear that someone's going to pay $8 million for a T-Rex, T-Rex skeleton and you think, 
about all the people we've seen around the world, John, who can't even figure out a way to make a house stand up or get fresh water. You think we are so screwed up. Well, you know, but maybe whoever buys that would donate it to Museum X. That would be awesome. if That, that was kind case. of thing. Right. That might be a possibility as well. So we can't say. But you're right. I mean, it is a lot of money, but it's super rare. So that's why it has the value that it has. Right. Anyway. The auction houses, they're up and running online. I mean, it's a great way to spend an evening to see what's out there and, you know, dream a little bit. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump and First Lady Melania are experiencing mild symptoms of COVID-19. However, the White House physician says the president is expected to continue carrying out his duties without disruption while recovering. The president's son, Barron, has tested negative for COVID-19. The president's campaign manager says all campaign events involving the president and his family will either be turned into virtual events or postponed until further notice. Bill Stepien, who heads Mr. Trump's re-election, says Vice President Mike Pence, who has tested negative for COVID-19, plans to continue his campaign schedule, and the debate with Kamala Harris is still on. Major U.S. stock indexes ending lower today. The Dow dropped 134 points, the Nasdaq off 251, and the S&P fell 32. This is SRN News. Pastors often face unique conflicts and traps. Here's Dr. Robert Jeffress. 80% of all immorality among pastors begins in a counseling relationship. Is our ministry about us or is it about God? It's one or the other. It can't be both. Pastors, don't miss encouragement like that from Robert Jeffress, Senior Pastor of First Baptist Church, Dallas. Join us for a series of virtual pastor appreciation events. You also hear from pastor and author Alistair Begg. Those who are teaching the Bible need to be convinced that the Word of God does the work of God by the power of the Spirit of God. The virtual pastor's appreciation event. Five different 90-minute sessions free each Thursday in October with 10 speakers and musical guests. Be encouraged, equipped, and edified. Presented by Trinity Jewelers. Register now at wordfm.com. I think you'll agree this story demonstrates the urgent need for God's Word. Hi, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Lalitha was born in coastal India, raised a Hindu, and forced into an arranged marriage at a very young age. Tragically, her husband died in an accident, and she was left homeless and sold into a prostitution ring for no more than 150 U.S. dollars. She lived in utter hopelessness for many years until a former prostitute introduced her to Jesus and taught her to share her faith. Lalitha would go on to lead a hundred Hindus to Jesus before she died tragically of HIV AIDS, something she was afflicted with during those years in human trafficking. Right now, these 100 new believers in India are joined by millions around the world who are denied God's Word, and that's why WORD and Bible League have teamed up to send God's Word to 5,000 Bibleist believers. $5 sends a Bible, $50 sends 10, every gift matched. Call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give at wordfm.com. It's time to move beyond the regrets of yesterday and the problems of today, and instead, discover that your best days are ahead. 
Don't miss David Jeremiah's It's Time to Move Forward online special. Dr. Jeremiah is joined by Sheila Walsh, Levi Lusco, and Anthony Evans as they share a message of hope for today. Hope to see the future with great expectation, to stand firm in the promises of God, and to move forward no matter your circumstances. Available to watch right now at MoveForwardEvent.com. James Brown and Bill Cower welcoming you back to the Midnight Snack Run. This is one turkey obstacle course. Uh-oh. He's eyeballing a jar of candy. That is tempting right off the start. But he pushes it away. He's approaching a plate of iced cookies. He blows right by him for the apple. Oh, the fridge. Looks like he's headed for the soda. Wait, he jukes left, grabs the water bottle. That's the way you execute a midnight snack run. Stand Up to Cancer and Rally want you to reduce your risk for cancer. Go to takeahealthystand.org. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low 36. Tomorrow, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a high 58. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 42. Sunday, mainly cloudy with a couple of showers, mainly later in the day, with a high of 59. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Greetings. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the uh, Friday edition of the Stay Home with John and Kathy. Uh, Kathy, look at this. It's cold. It's Uh, really cold. It's not really that cold out, though, right? It is. No, it is. Is it 60? No. The high today is like 57 or something. Well, I've been sort of holding off. I I play this game every year. I'm not going to turn the furnace on. And here it's only October 2nd. So, you know, I'm always trying to get towards, if I could hit like early November, I'm like a champion. Mm -hmm. But um, today I'm kind of thinking, oh, it'd be nice to have a little heat in here because I'm You don't have the furnace on? No. That furnace is not going to come on, Kath. Your John, furnace is on? John, tonight it's going down to 30, like nine degrees. Put a blanket degrees. on the bed. Please just put another blanket on. I'm not turning that on until I have to. Kidding me? It's a lot of money, Kev. That's crazy talk. It's not crazy talk. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, it frugal is. talk. No, oh, listen because to you. tomorrow. Listen to you. Hi, it's John Hall with Frugal Talk. Because <laughs> tomorrow will probably be 70 or something like that. It's not going to so, be 70. Listen, once the furnace goes on, then it stays on. I don't think it's good for the health of the furnace. Off, on, off, on, off, on, off, on. Hold on. That's what a thermostat does. I don't think That's so. That's why they invented it. Nope. I'm telling you, it's not going to go on until it stays on. It's not going to go on anytime soon. If I can do this until like early November, that'd be great. I'm just going to ride that wave. Put, a, put another sweater on. Another reason, just another reason. I just want to pile on the reasons why it's such a good thing that you and I didn't marry. (laughs) Wait, your husband is the most frugal person that I know. He is, but he, we have heat on in the house. Really? Yeah. Mike, is there heat on in your house? No, no. There you go. There you go, Kath. I refuse to put her on right now. Thank you very much. You guys, this is why you have a thermostat. You set the thermostat to 65 or 68 or whatever it is. And then when it gets below that, the furnace just knows to come on. Listen, Mm -hmm. I woke up at uh, around 8 o'clock this morning. It was 63 degrees in my house. Um, I thought about it. I asked my wife. She's Mm -hmm. like, nah, I kind of like it. So we're dealing with it. It's a good thing I don't live with her, too. I got a hat on and and a vest. I'm fine. 
I mean, you just spent the last hour complaining about how cold you are, and now you're saying you're fine. But you know what? I believe that this suffering, and it's mild suffering, <laughs> sort of builds character in me. That's okay. all I'm saying. I'm happy to be here for the character building. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a piece of candy. That's the only thing I wish I had. <laughs> some chips and dip, maybe, round out things. <laughs> I got some of that. Don't worry. <laughs> That's never in short supply around this household, my lady. No way. <laughs> oh, gosh. Isn't it funny, John, how fast, how just unbelievably quickly things change? I mean... All the conversation was about the presidential debate until one o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden we find out that the president and the first lady have the coronavirus. I mean, it really is shocking. And certainly our prayers are with the president and the first lady because uh, the reports are now that the president's and uh, Melania's uh, symptoms are mild. Um, So we continue to hope and pray that they would stay that way, that uh, there are not serious repercussions here, because holy smokes, I mean, that would turn the world upside down if the president got seriously ill. So ride this lightly, President Trump, and uh, come back strong soon, because this is not good for the country or for the the world, that's for sure. Despite your political leanings, whatever they may be, you want to pray for the safety and welfare of the president and his wife. Yeah, amen. And it's one of those moments where you think, you know, where every one of us is so fragile, and we know that, you know, so many of us have had, you know, family members die suddenly, or, you know, a diagnosis that you weren't expecting, or you get a pink slip at work, or you think, Things can change in a heartbeat. Um, But when we're talking about someone who's the leader of a country as large as our country, you think, wow, you know, I don't think we've been in a situation like this Mm -hmm. since President Reagan was shot. I can't think of another time that we had a president who was in, you know, had a really serious issue. Right. Mortal danger. And of course, you know, people have been talking about succession. I I really can't believe that it would come to something like that, where Vice President Pence would take over. uh, You know, he's number two. And then, of course, I mean, Nancy Pelosi is number three. And this whole, I mean, that would be like crazy town. So we're talking about some things that we have not really considered, you know, in reality, but here they are at the doorstep. Yeah. Well, the good thing. The only good thing we can think of is that the founding fathers were uh, forward thinking enough to come up with a plan, a succession plan. And, you know, if if President Trump would have to give up uh, the reins for a short period of time, I mean, that that's happened, uh, you know, certain times when presidents have had to have minor surgeries or medical exams or whatever. Colonoscopies. Yeah, the, they've turned over right, the Bush family. Right. They've turned over um, the powers to the vice president. So, you know, I'm happy at least we know what that would look like. Right, exactly. But anyway, our prayers, and certainly I believe that your prayers as well are with the President and the First Lady of the United States as we go through this very strange time in American history. Yeah, along with anyone else in the the administration, I'm sure there are many people who are very afraid right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And you think of how many people in our listening audience, you know, my good friend Bob suffering with the coronavirus right now, you know, our hearts go out to all of you. Yeah. What time is it, Kath? It is time for me to tell you, John. Tell me what? Your personal individual weekend has begun it's 10 minutes past the five o'clock hour on a friday afternoon truly all is right and well at least in this corner of the world it is huh friday you got big plans for the weekend calf football game headed out to some parties what do you got going on you know what i'm gonna do Mm. i'm actually going to hang out with john hall (laughs) tomorrow night (laughs) yeah yeah we're going to a fire pit party yep we are at mike's yep Yep. Well, not Mike's. I don't think so. I don't so. know. I was having that. 
Oh, no. oh maybe it's not at Mike's. Maybe no. it's someone else's house. <laughs> it's another. It's it's Ken's fire pit party. We're it gonna is go it's to Ken's fire pit right? party. We're both going. Yeah, we're gonna go yeah. and we're gonna social distance around the fire, which mm-hmm. I look forward to. Are we bringing you? our own food? What's the plan for that? Yeah, everyone bring their own thing. Mm-hmm. Right we're now, will you it. and your wife bring the same thing, or are you going to be really? We've already it? talked about. It. You know what we're gonna do? Hmm. We're going to the triangle. What's the triangle? The Triangle Bar and Grill in Swissvale. Oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that place. In a long. Going to the Triangle. <laughs> I'm going to get myself a roast beef destroyer. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward forward to it. That's yeah. good. How about is that aptly named or what? What's that? The destroyer. Oh, because it's food. Oh man, huh? I've been or destroyed the, the, by a couple of things there. You get the battleship, which is the ultimate. I mean, holy smokes, that's gigantic. Yeah, yeah. A little shout out to the triangle. Really, that's it's a Pittsburgh terrific. original. Well, good for you. Yeah. Are you? Okay. You didn't know if we were. We were gonna. You thought we were gonna be catered or something? No, like that. but you know what? I was down at Woolies today, and okay. uh, the uh, Scottish salmon was on sale six ninety eight a pound. So that's what it's, Eric and I are having. Well, la di da. I'm sorry. Well, la. What? what? A- You're bringing salmon. I'm bringing a hoagie. You bring like you have like real silverware too, like a candlelight or something like that. Is there some like hollandaise sauce on the side? You know, we haven't been together in the same room since March, John, and maybe I've changed. (laughs) All of a sudden, you got hoi polloi on me. Okay, (laughs) very fine. Let's take a break. Come back when we do come back. Of all the places in the world, next we're going to talk about Armenia. Stay tuned for that. All right. Well, from Armenia to Washington, PA, with Marsha and the Spring House and the Great Pumpkin. Marsha, friend, how are you faring today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're cold. Yeah, we are cold. We're having a hard time adjusting. (laughs) No, no, you can't be cold. It's wonderful out. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you should know better because farmers don't get cold, do they? <laughs> Marsha, you work too hard. I can imagine you're sweating outside today. What the heck's going on at the spring house this weekend? Well, it's going to be another fun weekend. We had so much fun last week and lots of new people and old people, and it was just great. So nice. we're doing our annual, the whole month of October, Great Pumpkin Weekend Festival every weekend in October. And we'll be doing pumpkin patch hay rides from 11, and the last one's at 430 they can, this is something new this year, so we're all working on the social distancing, and they can buy their tickets online, and then they know, you know, they'll get on the wagon at 3.30 when they order their ticket for and all that kind of stuff. Or they can buy them here if they're like me, last minute, like, who knows when I'll get there kind of thing, you know? No. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got, um, we've got great food inside. We have meatloaf and Penn State chicken, and mm-hmm. um, my brother Sam smoked briskets today, so we could slice it down and have it ready for tomorrow. And the spice rub ribs, all kinds of yummy homemade sides, like um, acorn squash with butter and brown sugar and all kinds of fall dishes. And then we'll have, um, on Sunday, we'll do the pumpkin patch rice again. And then we'll also do our annual 4-H hog roast, which is every Sunday in October. And we cook uh, pit roasted pork. We pit roasted pork, a whole pig and a half this week, out on the pit outside. And we'll be serving along with that barbecue pork, pork and sauerkraut. Um, homemade stuffing, hand-peeled mashed potatoes, homemade apple sauce, all kinds of good um, fall vegetables, too. And so, and we'll have live music on Sunday, too. So Dang. it's going to be another real, and it's perfect fall weather out there this weekend. So it's going to be another great weekend. Farmers wow. don't get cold, and farmers eat well. 
Holy smokes, Marcia. <laughs> that is something good down at the Spring House this weekend. Get on down there. The food is always fabulous. The company is great, too. The Spring House, Marcia, look online at the Spring House. Hey, Marcia, take care. God bless you. Bye, guys. God bless you. 101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. We can't do everything, but we can always do our Father's will. When we know what God wants us to do, we can do that. But that doesn't mean we can do everything. We can fulfill His design in our life if we will. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Forward, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Hey pastors, how are you reaching your community? Here's John MacArthur from Grace to You. I don't need to recreate the truth. I don't need to innovate anything. I need to follow the example of those who have gone before and have been profoundly blessed by God. Pastor, don't miss encouragement like that from John MacArthur. Join us for a series of virtual pastor appreciation events. You'll also hear from Alan Jackson of World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, speaking about the pandemic. Christ in you enables you to be more than a conqueror. We're going to face challenges and difficulties. We're going to come through this season. We'll do better than that. We will flourish. The Virtual Pastors Appreciation Event. Five different 90-minute sessions free each Thursday in October with 10 speakers and musical guests. Be encouraged, equipped, and edified. Presented by Trinity Jewelers. Sponsored in part by RPTS and Geneva College. Register now at wordfm.com. Customers, students, and staff expect a new level of clean. Cintas has the essential products and services to help you carry out cleaning protocols effectively. Cintas performs surface sanitizer and disinfectant spray services to common touch points, installs and refills touchless hand sanitizer dispensers, and provides commercial laundry services to help minimize employee exposure. Give everyone the confidence they need to keep coming back. Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the workday. If I pulled out a world atlas and I said, please find for me Armenia, what's your confidence level with that, Kath? I mean, I know I'd be in the right section, Mm -hmm. but I think I would doubt that I would get the right country. All right. So you're in the supermarket, but it might be in the wrong aisle. Yeah, I'd be. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, Frederica Matthews Green is here to rescue us from our geographical ignorance. Frederica is a regular guest on our show, a wide ranging author. We first found Frederica years ago with a book that we love called The Jesus Prayer, the ancient desert prayer that tunes the hurt, the heart to God. And her new book is called Welcome to the Orthodox Church, an Introduction to Eastern Christianity. But Frederica, welcome back on a Friday afternoon, Armenia. Yes, yes. Hi, John and Kathy. Hi. Yeah, I don't know very much about Armenia either, but there's one thing that all Armenians want everybody to know, which is they were the first nation to become Christian in the year 301. The Armenian people officially became a Christian nation state, so that is their claim to fame. Well, that's fabulous. It it is, and they are uh, Armenia is in a difficult position because they lie right in the middle of the road to everywhere else. They're between Turkey and Iran and Georgia and Azerbaijan and Syria, and it's very easy. They just run right through Armenia. 
So they have known a good deal of invasion and being conquered and things like that in the past. But I wanted to tell you the story of um, the, a very great Armenian hero, St. Gregory. It's called St. Gregory the Illuminator because he evangelized the country. It's St. Gregory the, that brought the faith to this land. Okay. So it's, a, um, it's an exciting story with a lot of twists and turns. And oh, I'm glad I've got a chance to tell it to you today. Please do, yes. Yeah. Okay, tell us about St. Gregory. <laughs> All right, St. Gregory. Um, you go back a generation before St. Gregory. Um, St. Gregory's father was an Armenian noble who had, had um, uh, defected, I guess, and he'd gone to the side of the Persians. A lot of warfare between Persia and Armenia at this time. And the Persian prince said, I want to assassinate the king of Armenia. That's the only way to deal with him. And uh, this man, Anak, said, well, he's my relative. I'll pretend that I want to make peace with him, and I'll go back there, and I'll find a chance to kill him. And that's exactly what he did. He went back to Armenia. He hugged the king. I want to come back. I love my homeland. And then he found this moment where he could say, step aside and let me tell you something. And he stabbed him to death, the king of Armenia. So in his dying breath, the king of Armenia says, kill him, kill him and his wife and all his children and all his relatives, kill this whole, this man's whole family line. But there's one baby who survived, and that was Gregory. And he was taken to be raised with a Christian family in what's sort of the middle of Turkey today. So knowing that the king had been killed, the Persian king thought, well, this is a great time for me to go to Armenia. So he went there, and he was slaughtering the, all the relatives, anybody left over from the king's family. But there was one boy who survived, and this was a little boy named Tiridates, the son of the king. So he also survived and was cared for. He grew up in Rome and eventually came home and was king of Armenia. So when Gregory grew up and he learned the story, and he knew that his father had killed the father of King Tiridates, being a Christian, he resolved that he would go to Armenia and he would just say to the king, I want to be your servant. I want to do whatever you want me to do. I, w I want to fulfill your wishes. He didn't reveal that that's who he was, but he managed to be very useful to the king, and so the king... You took him into his palace, and Gregory's sort of expiating this terrible deed his father had done. Hmm. And as time went by, they ran into a little bit of a disagreement because Tiridates was an idolater, and he worshipped a goddess, uh, much like the goddess Diana that we hear of in the Bible. And Tiridates ordered Gregory to go and make a sacrifice to this goddess, and Gregory refused, and so he had Gregory tortured, and, tor and that made no difference. Gregory just kept standing by his faith, and he came more and more infuriated with Gregory. And then somebody told him, you know what? He's the son of the man who killed your father. So that was the worst. You know, that, that just settled it as far as King Teridotes was concerned. He had Gregory taken and thrown in a sewage pit that led into caverns under the city. What? And it's where people would throw dead animals, and they'd empty their chamber pots, and then they would throw down a prisoner every once in a while. 
And because there was so much filth and uh, venomous snakes, people didn't survive very long after being thrown down there. But (laughs) Gregory survived 13 years because there was a widow in the city, a woman, and God spoke to her in her prayer time and said, I want you to do something. I want you every day bake a fresh loaf of bread, nice, fresh, warm loaf of bread, and then go into the city and throw it into a sewage pit. And the woman said, why would I do that? Can I give it to the poor? Why throw it in the pit? No, throw it in the pit. And so she did that every day for 13 years. What? Making making a beautiful loaf of bread wow. and tossing it into the pit, where uh, it shows you how to listen to the things God tells you to do, that it may not seem to make sense at the time, but sometimes something else is going on that you don't know about. So in this in this story, there's like a whole subplot here where uh, Teridates falls in love with a beautiful young woman, and she refuses him, and she ends up being tortured to death. And then he loses his mind, and he's saying, bring her to me, I love her so much, and they can't make him understand. He's, he's lost touch with reality. So um, he, he becomes possessed by something very much like King Nebuchadnezzar. He's going on all fours, he's eating grass, and he's like biting and tearing his own flesh. So he's just um, really become very depraved at that point. And uh, Tiridati's sister now has a vision. An angel comes to her and says, in the pit, in the sewage pit, there is a man named Gregory, and he is the only person who can heal your brother. And so she starts telling the chamberlains and the members of the court, saying, this, apparently he can be healed. We just need to get this Gregory out of the pit and bring him to pray for my brother. And everybody says, you know, it's 13 years. We probably couldn't even identify which was his skeleton at this point. So she accepts, you know, that's what the reasonable people are saying. But the angel keeps coming back every night and saying, you need to get Gregory out of the pit. He can heal your brother. And if you don't, you know, things will just go from bad to worse. So she says again, can we just try You know, this is what this angel keeps telling me, to get this Gregory out of the pit, and he can heal my brother. So one of the the princes of the court goes to the sewage pit, has a long rope, and he throws the rope into the pit, and he calls out, Gregory, are you down there? Gregory, if you're down there, take hold of the rope and come up, because we need you. We need you to do something. And uh, deep in the pit, the hand laid hold of that rope and gave it a jerk. So Gregory came up the rope. He was filthy. He smelled terrible, but they had him. They cleaned it up as best they could and took him straight to the king. And when the king saw him, who's you know in a herd of pigs now and just grazing like the other pigs, when King Tiridati saw Gregory, he raced toward him but still possessed by an evil spirit, still biting his own flesh and just showing every sign of madness. And Gregory prayed for him, and immediately the illness fell away, and the demonic departed from him, and King Derodotes was restored to his right mind. So um, Gregory asked to be shown the 
the body of the young woman that had been tortured to death and her companions, and he prayed over them and said, we need to build a church over their tomb. They need a nice tomb. And bit by bit, he began preaching to the people, to the king, to his sister, his wife, the whole court, and telling them about the Christian faith and that salvation that can be found in Jesus Christ. And um, bit by bit, they all came to the faith. They accepted it and uh, said that um, King Tiridates, with his own hands, pulled down the temple of the goddess that he had sent Gregory to pray at. Wow. So the whole nation eventually was converted to Christ. And one morning, uh, just about dawn, King Tiridates and his sister, his wife, and the nobles of the court all gathered on the banks of the Euphrates River, and Gregory baptized them there. Hmm. So, yes, so he had a quiet ending to his life. He continued to be a preacher and a teacher and traveling about in the country and telling the good news of Jesus Christ. And as I said, this is why um, the whole country converted, and it is the first nation ever to declare itself Christian. And Gregory, wow. at the end of his life, he wanted to, yeah, he wanted to just come apart and pray. He was living in a cave, and nobody knows when he died, but some shepherds found his body and said, it smells so beautiful. It smells like flowers. So that's the end of that story. They built a tomb for Gregory, and he's been loved ever since as the illuminator of Armenia. He brought the Christian faith to them. Oh, that's a so fabulous that's a story. Wow. Isn't it? There's a lot of twists and turns there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it, Frederica. So, I mean, I did not know that. I did not have an, any inkling of that story. Um, when you tell that story, and you tell it so well, uh, I'm sure that there are many different source materials, but what do you oh. use as your major source material? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I actually um, I wrote a chapter on this in a book once, an encyclopedia. So I, I, what I reread was what I wrote back then. But the source for writing that, um, the story, of course, let's see, Gregory died about 325. The first time this is written down is about 450. So it's still quite early. It was just a a, a story that was told orally before that. So the chronicle of a man named Agatha Angelus, the good angel Agatha Angelus, um, is where the story has been historically contained and told. But I'll send it. I'll send you the uh, the attached file when we hang up, and you can look it over. It wonderful. is such a wonderful story, and just has so many unexpected moments and beautiful moments. And I, of course, I had to uh, I had to compress it very much and leave out whole subplots and other things. But well, it's a great encouragement. The, yes, yes, especially that woman who is baking a loaf of bread every day. I think For about her years. often. Oh, yeah. Yes. Frederica Matthews Green, uh, The Jesus Prayer. Her latest work is called The the Ancient Desert Prayer. I'm sorry, it's called Welcome to the Orthodox Church. And uh, you can find Frederica online. As you see, she's written any number of things. Frederica Matthews Green. It may not be stomach issues. For me, it's intense gas or pain or diarrhea, sometimes all at once, over and over. I spent years with the symptoms but could never figure it out. No matter what I did, they never went away. 
So I decided to break it down for my doctor and get really specific about my symptoms. We discovered that exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, may be the reason for my stomach issues. EPI is caused by my pancreas. It leads to diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. The symptoms just don't go away. But EPI can show up with even one symptom. The good news? EPI is manageable. But to get to the right diagnosis, you have to break it down for your doctor and get specific about the severity of your symptoms. Visit IdentifyEPI.com to learn more and use the symptom checker to help change the conversation with your doctor. Brought to you by AbbVie. My name is Bernadette, and I am a parishioner at St. Joseph's on the Brandywine. Joe Biden has been part of our parish for more than 40 years. Our sons became friends when they were in first grade. And ever since, I've known Joe and the entire Biden family. Even now, when Joe's back home, we see him at Mass on Sunday. You can tell how important Joe's faith is to him. It's what motivates everything. Joe's beliefs, his values, the kind of president Joe would be. Joe Biden knows what it means to be your brother's keeper, to care for those around you and lift up those who are suffering. Their values Joe learned from his mom and dad and from the nuns who taught Joe his Catholic faith. That's Joe Biden, a man guided by faith. I'm Joe Biden, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Biden for president. About one in three women will have an abortion by age 45, and nearly half of abortions are among women 24 years old or younger. This is Dr. David Stevens of the Christian Medical Association, Deciding to have an abortion has got to be the most difficult decision a woman may ever make in her lifetime. But nothing can justify the intentional taking of innocent life. Talk with your doctor about life-saving options. You've worked hard to provide for your family, but what happens when you're no longer here? You know, when people plan for retirement, they sometimes forget to consider their financial legacy. Your assets should go where you want them to go, not where some probate court decides. So why not be proactive? Kevin Bach can show you how to pass your assets along to your loved ones in the most tax-efficient way possible. Call Kevin at 724-837-3553 or online at IntegrityRetirementSolutions.com. Insurance and annuities offered through Kevin Bach. PA Insurance License number 352896. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at WordFM.com, the WordFM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low 36. Tomorrow, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a high 58. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night with a low of 42. Sunday, mainly cloudy with a couple of showers. Mainly later in the day with a high of 59. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Well, news just in that the president has been taken to Walter Reed uh, Medical Center for two days of uh, treatment and observation. He is not exhibiting a lot of symptoms other than a low-grade fever. That's all that's been released to the press. Um, But we can tell you that is the latest he's been taken to Walter Reed. So 
or experimental treatment, they're saying, the president's going to undergo for these few days. Do you know anything about the experimental treatment, Ken? Well, I know that it's a polyclonal antibody treatment that's still in the experimental stages. And I heard the president of UPMC talking about it this morning, and he said if the president decided, if he volunteered to be part of the test group, he could do that. So he's not. it's not like he's getting special treatment in that regard because no one really knows if it works. You know, this is still in the test phase. All right. Well, again, I mean, that's shocking, seriously, to think that the president of the United States will enter into the hospital. Yeah. Uh, God bless him. Please be with him. And uh, hopefully all of us, yeah, say your prayers. Yeah. Say for the prayers for the man's safety, for his health, for yep. this country, all the that. The safety of everyone around him, too. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take um, a break. Yeah, let's take a break. And then when we come back, it's time for the Week in Review, John. All right. Take a look back at what we just went through these last seven days. The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. The station with Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music every weekend. With the best new music. New New music. Sparrow's new music from Corey Asbury. You take good care of me. Start right here from Casting Crown. It's gotta start right here. And Truth Be Told by Matthew West. So let the truth be told. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers and Dennis Spira and Associates. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. When does a person get rights? When a person is a person. All across our nation. Our nation is divided. In our homes, in social media, everywhere you turn. But what is at the heart of this division? In the new movie, Divided Hearts of America, Super Bowl champion and executive producer Benjamin Watson searches for the truth. This is one of the worst possible choices that any woman and her family has to make. You'll discover why the most polarizing debate of this century boils down to the sacred dignity of human life. There is no personhood under law for fetuses. We don't have that in this country. With Divided Hearts of America, you'll learn what you need to be armed to fight what divides us and come to a place of real unity with empathy, healing, and real hope. Be part of the change and watch Divided Hearts of America. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase. Use promo code FAMILY for 20% off. SalemNow.com, promo code FAMILY. This is Jerry Boyer. This radio station has been telling you for months that November's election could vastly change our country's future. If you believe in liberty, supported by a strong economy, and religious freedom, your values are on the line. Please register and prepare to vote at your polling place or by absentee. This election is huge. We are at a crossroads. We all should vote. And keep listening to this station for what this election means. I was a little bit surprised, but so happy to see how eager patients were to return to the office. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. They were just as eager or more eager than we were. I think that goes back to considering them part of our family. I think they feel a part of our family and their loyalty and their friendship means everything to us. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... Doug. Lemu, I love how we're always looking out for each other. Kind of like how Liberty Mutual looks out for you by customizing your home insurance. So you only pay for what you need. Lemu, why didn't you tell me about the uncovered manhole? I was literally just telling you. Lemu. 
I had no idea you could swim. Liberty, 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 liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. It's been another week. That means it's time for John and Kathy's Week in Review. What was everyone talking about this week? Well, two things, essentially. Of course, one thing, the president, whether it was the president during the debate and now, of course, the president having COVID and headed to Walter Reed Hospital for a few days. It is a deeply troubling time here in the United States. Sure is. Number two, Mike. What was a conversation that made you think? For me, John, it was yesterday uh, around 535. You and I talked about The Social Dilemma, which is the new Netflix documentary that has a lot of other people talking as well. Um, You'd seen it before. I watched it yesterday and blew my mind a little. Mm -hmm. For me, it was our hour and a half phone calls on Wednesday. Mm. Now, uh, it was a conversation that was short because, you know, we had more than 25 phone calls over that time. And we got a great litmus test of what our viewers or what our listeners are thinking about. And really, I'm always really encouraged and always love to go to the phones to hear your voices, to hear your thoughts and your stories, to hear your prayers. So it made a deep impact on me. I thank you greatly. And I think Kath and I, we don't take your presence here uh, lightly at all. We are grateful for the time that you choose to spend with us. Yeah. And I just want to say that the, the kindness with which we were all able to talk about politics is so rare. Mm -hmm. It is so unusual in today's America that people can call a radio show and just say what they think without being horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we heard from, I don't know, like you said, 25, 30 people who were just saying, hey, this is what I thought of the debate. There was no acrimony. People weren't angry. It was just this is what it was. And so, yeah, yeah like you, Very John, good. I appreciated that. What did you eat? Mm. You're going to live in, um, Oh, go. No, I no, I don't want to go because you're okay. going to laugh and I feel well, badly already. Well, what did I eat? I used to live in a Greek section of New York City in Astoria, Queens, and it was there that I really grew to love Greek food. And chief among that, I love a souvlaki. Now, uh, I've looked really uh, not too successfully here in the city of Pittsburgh, but I do get a hankering from time to time to head on down to the south side for Mike and Tony's. And I get a souvlaki there. Now, the big difference is, of course, that Mike and Tony's make their souvlaki out of beef. A true souvlaki has uh, chunks of lamb. But it didn't matter. Uh, I went out with my son on Wednesday night. We walked around the south side for a little bit and just got some fresh air and, you know, just walked. Just walked and walked and walked. And I had a nice souvlaki, which is a pita bread with lamb, lettuce, tomato, and some yogurt sauce. And it's wrapped up in a little piece of foil. And it is out of this world delicious. Mm. That sounds fabulous. Now, what I had, I loved as well. I had butternut squash crinkle cut fries. What? What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're crinkle cut. They look like fries, except they're really butternut squash. Oh, okay. All right. And how was it? It, okay. They are delicious. They how are. Did they come? So, well, I bought them at Trader Joe's already. Frozen. No, in, in, the, in the produce section. So you get a little box of them, and um, I just toss them with olive oil, salt, and pepper and put them in a really hot oven for, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. Now, here's the only thing. They become so small. I mean, so you start out thinking, oh, really? wow, that's like a lot of that's a lot of fries, yeah. right? And then you take them out after 20 minutes, and you think, where'd they all go? 
Oh, so, no kidding. Yeah, they become very, very small, but extremely tasty. Mm. And for those of us who are trying to either, you know, cut down on fat yep. or I just had a kidney stone and so potatoes are not a great food for me to be eating a lot of, then I am all in favor of the butternut squash. I'm psyched. Very nice. Okay, I'll have to try that. Okay. What did you watch? Last night, I rewatched a movie that I love. You know, when you know, sometimes you need like comfort food, and oftentimes you need comfort viewing. So I watched the movie Fargo. Last oh, night. oh Fargo what a great film. Is playing right now on Netflix. It's a Coen Brothers film. Now, again, just because I'm saying I love this movie doesn't mean this is a family film or a movie it's not for a everyone family film. by any stretch. Uh, Francis McDormand, Steve Buscemi, William H. Macy. Here's the deal a shady car salesman kidnaps has a kidnapping of his wife it goes awry there's this determined and very pregnant small town police chief who goes digging for the answers it is excellent now there are moments of extreme violence but the rest of the film these people from dakota from fargo my wife's from south dakota i mean the accent is to die for. It's so funny, goofy. The kindness, the sort of decency of the people surrounded by this terror. It's a really interesting film. So if you got Netflix, mm. check out Fargo. Mm. Uh, I watched for probably the, I don't know, fourth or fifth time on YouTube, uh, the Coldplay live performance that they released uh, before Christmas of 2019 called Everyday Life. Uh, this is the most beautiful live concert uh, cold plays on the top of an old building in jordan and it's broken into two places into two pieces one is sunrise and it's actually recorded at sunrise on the top of a building in jordan what, what? and then part two is filmed at sunset on the top of the same building in jordan and it is the album is fabulous i love it but watching it is it's a transporting experience it is it's exciting it's kind of um wondrous it's spiritual it's just oh anyway if uh if you have the time and want to see and hear something really spectacular cold play everyday life live in jordan on youtube oh that's fabulous what hacked you off i'm so sick of people shaming others who get COVID. I just can't believe it. I don't care. I mean, why people are so nasty when others contract the virus. And I don't care what you think of the person. And I don't care what you think of their mask wearing or not wearing. But this type of like gleeful, I told you so type of thing. I mean, a lot of people get COVID because they didn't wear a mask. And a lot of people get COVID for reasons that we don't understand. So back up the bus a little bit and stop pointing the finger at people who are contracting a deadly virus. And how about extend some compassion instead? Very nice. What hacked me off? My stupidity. When there is turmoil in my life, 90% of the time, it is me sticking my thumb in my eye. The other 10%, just people just rubbing up against you, doing stupid stuff. But I, more often than not, when I'm angry, I tend to be angry at myself and the things that I've done, you know, against myself. That's what hacks me off. What was the best news you heard this week? 
okay, I talked about this last week and I need to bring it up again. So one of the, the things about social media is that people you never know will probably never meet. They put themselves out there. And I saw this thread, this father asking for prayers for his three-month-old daughter, this little girl named Francesca, who has brain cancer. And he posts these photos of this, this little baby girl. And so she had surgery this past week, and he said they think they got the cancer from her, and now she's undergoing chemo. So uh, I've been loving on this little girl, Francesca, and praying for her, and I, I just pray that God's with her. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that you pray along as well, mm-hmm. because it makes me happy to think about a little girl just being a little girl. So mm-hmm. prayers for Francesca as she starts the good news of chemo in her life, even though, right, most of us would think it'd be bad news, but yeah. hopefully the chemo brings her back to full life. Yeah. Um, I think some of the best news I heard this week is related to us talking about the the um, uh, social dilemma, and that's that the Senate uh, Commerce Committee subpoenaed the Twitter CEO, the Facebook CEO, and the Google CEO. And they're going to sit down and they're going to have a conversation about privacy, about what they're calling media domination and bias against conservative viewpoints. I think those are all three conversations really worth having. And um, especially the media domination part. I mean, I I don't know. I I think after you watched The Social Dilemma, you're going to think to yourself, we've what have we allowed to happen and how have we been pulled into something that's way bigger and more nefarious than we could have imagined? Good. The genie's out of the bottle, right? Yeah. So hopefully it brings us some good answers next. And in closing, you two have anything meaningful for us? I've been reading um, uh, portions of Jeremiah this week and I just, I'll read this very quickly. Uh, This is Jeremiah three, 12 through 15. It says this, I will not look on you in anger, for I am merciful, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever. Only acknowledge your guilt that you rebelled against the Lord your God and scattered your favors among foreigners under every green tree, and that you have not obeyed my voice, declares the Lord. Return, O faithless children, declares the Lord, for I am your master. I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. How often? I mean, I, right? It's just my human condition. I sin, I fail, I fall, I get afraid, and then I step away. But I know his door is always open for me to come back. So I'm grateful uh, for those passages from Jeremiah as an invitation to come back against my own stupidity. Thank you, Lord. I've been in First Corinthians lately, and uh, I was in 12 yesterday, and I just love this part so much. And um, this is the part where Paul says, you know, the body's a unit, and he's talking about the body, all of us in the church, though it's made of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So, and then I'll fast forward. It says, now the body is not made up of one part, but many. So the foot should not say, well, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, hmm. right? And the ear should not say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. Because if it were not for the ear, then the body wouldn't be the body, right? And then it goes on I'm at 21 now. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. 
and the parts that we think are less honorable, we should treat with special honor. And then I'll close out with 27. It says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And that's John and Kathy's Week in Review. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the markets returning to pre-coronavirus levels, unemployment rates shifting, and the upcoming election, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text money to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text the word money to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text money to 411411 so you can grow your capital now with Vantage Point. Don't wait. Text money to 411411. Go to VantagePointSoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash trial. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash trial. That's BambooHR.com slash trial. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by federal law. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all of these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and we are required to do so. Regardless of your position on these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard. Hello, it's me, the designer jeans in the back of your closet. What happened to us? I used to summer in the Hamptons and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Okay, maybe I never really fit you right, but I got a lot more Sunday fun days left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff, create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues designed to help you help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. You ever make a time capsule? You ever do something like that? You know, like... 
store something away from a special time in your life? I mean, you know, I think all of us have, have time capsules. When I go down to the basement, I've got those big, you know, plastic tubs. They've got books and notebooks mm-hmm. from, you know, right. past jobs or college or whatnot. And for whatever reason, I can't stand to get rid of them. So I keep them forever. That's kind of a time capsule, right? Right. Well, I keep on top of my dresser the uh, shoes that my girls wear when they were toddlers, when they learned how to walk. There you go. So mm-hmm. that's a little mini time capsule. Mm-hmm. Well, well, how about making a pandemic time capsule? Hmm. I saw this in, in the paper today. Well, I mean, while many of us would rather forget 2020, you know, maybe 30, 50 years down the line, you start telling your kids or grandkids, hey, this is what it was like in 2020 tw- during the pandemic. So uh, they're saying you get yourself a, a sturdy container. Maybe you want to, you know, craft it up with paint and glue and ribbons and Sharpies or whatnot. Then um, you choose what you want to preserve. Obvious idea includes, you know, a timeline of the events, maybe newspaper clippings, a letter that you write to your future self, lists of maybe sights and sounds that you remember. Maybe you can put your first homemade mask in there or a lock of hair from your first at-home haircut. Maybe a, a grocery list from the quarantine or classwork from a remote learning, remote learning. And then, you, you know, you just craft it up. You decorate it. Maybe it's something you can do with your kids. You might um, avoid putting, you know, things like a USB thing or something like that because it'll deteriorate. And then you seal the box up and you put it away. You don't bury it in the yard, but you maybe put it, you know, in a cupboard or an attic someplace and somewhere down the line, 10 or 15 years or so. There it is, an oddity, a curiosity. Once, God willing, this time is over. Well, I think it's a great idea, but if I don't have those things, like if I if I hadn't kept the timeline already, or if I don't have the newspaper clippings, like I feel a little late to this game. Well, you can go back. I mean, no, I, okay, no. Well, I mean, I guess you could go, but you not. I guess, but you could go back and print out you know, headlines from certain, from different days, but you know, like the lock of hair and whatever, like that's long past people. (laughs) I mean, I just wanted, do you have your first mask? Is that gone? My first mask. Oh no, I do have my first mask. Okay. There you go. And that's put it in a baggie Mm -hmm. first pandemic mask. And everything. but let me ask you this is your, has your mask evolved? No. What? Not at all. My wife oh and my I gosh. talked about this the other night. No, she made me a mask. She made me two masks mm-hmm. and I've been rotating those two masks. The whole and time. I, you're kidding me. Yeah. Okay. I have, I have gone through. Well, listen, Kath, I've been mostly like, you know, bed bound well, this true. entire time. Point. So that's I haven't really gone anywhere. That's a good point. Okay. I've gone through several iterations have of, you, mask, of mask styles because it took me a while to figure out what I like fits mm-hmm. and what fit. And right. so, Here's the thing that I noticed, and this is going to maybe sound really dumb to a lot of people, but it's true, is that some of the masks, and I'm a, I'm a relatively small person, but they're so big mm. that I can't see my feet oh. Oh. when I'm wearing them. They puff out too much. Yeah. And is so, that a thing? I mean, do you think about your feet a lot? Like when well, you're you don't know. I don't think about my feet until I can't see them. And then I found that I was tripping all over the place. What? Yes. I never yes, even this that. happened to me multiple times. And finally, I was like, I got to ditch this. I got to get a different mask. Right. So I got this new mask that's made by a company uh, that makes like ballet equipment, like ballet shoes, ballet. <sighs> it was written up yep. in the Wall Street Journal did a top 10 masks thing maybe a month or month and a half ago. And there were all these different manufacturers and they just picked that that 
they're favorites for different reasons. So sure. some of them are particularly soft. Some of them are particularly big. If you have a big head and your ears are killing you, mm. you know what I mean? Because the strap isn't big enough or, you know, anyway. And this one was for small people. It said, if you're a small person and you're having a hard time navigating when you have a big mask on, this is the one you should. So I thought, I'll give it a try. Yeah. Listen, it is the greatest. No it's kidding. Only, it's my only one from now on. Yeah. Oh, what'd it go for? Retail. Oh, I think I got three for $11. Oh, I mean, that's pretty expensive. dang cheap. That's very nice. No, they weren't expensive. Yeah. This is what we've come to. We're talking about mask fashion and Isn't efficiency. Isn't it funny? How, now, here's the thing. I'm, I'm not wild about what it looks like, but yeah. I'm not like, are we really going to pick like masks based on the one fashion that mask. looks Well, nice? you know, you do get mask envy from time to time. At least I do. Anyway, that's the show for the week. Have yourself a great weekend. We'll see you Monday, God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.